Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I love Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. John, I feel like we need that song. You know, that special, special song. I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Kevin Garnett's favorite, you might remember, it was basically our intro for uh, our outro. five years. Or it's the our outro, outro yeah. too, right now. Oh, it's our outro still. Okay, yeah, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I never stay till the end. <laughs> You're not the only one. <laughs> yeah, the Miami fans were heading right on out of that building. No, they stuck around. They stuck around. Uh, but that, I, I don't even want to get into it because the whole end of the game has been the only thing that's really been digested all over. And, and the Jimmy Bar- Butler, why did he take that wide open three? But honestly, that game never should have been that close in the final minutes, and we can we can talk about that. Go to the rim. At the end of the game, go to the rim. And I don't mean Jimmy Butler. I mean Marcus Smart. That was three three-pointers. Like, force it to the line. You're going well, to go to the free-throw line. It will happen. Okay. To counteract that, though, I mean, that Jimmy Butler wide-open three came off of a Marcus Smart, gone to the rim, didn't get the look. I'm not disagreeing with you. I think you're right, you know, um, but I do think that, you know, there was, I think there was a little bit of cold at the wrong time. Um, and I yeah. think it was, it was happening up here offensively, yeah, yeah. you know, the, 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 the failures in the past few games or in the past couple series to close out really kind of came home and was an issue, but at the same point, um, you know, Marcus has got to hit some of those shots, right? I mean, that's the thing. Like, they're not guarding you. You've created, you know, you've created the good look for your offense to hit. And at some point, you just have to so hit it to make your shots. And Marcus didn't hit it. And and, and I don't th- and I don't have any issue with Jimmy Butler's shot. I don't have an issue with him taking that shot when he's played forty eight minutes. I mean, it's a you know going up by one, going up by one. With a wide open three, the same reason Marcus took the ones he took, mm-hmm. going up by one, that that's a totally different position because now you just got to get a stop. Right. Tying the game, you still got to get a stop, and then maybe you're going to overtime, or you're still trying to come back down and manufacture offense just to get to overtime again. Right. So, right. You know, it, it's and it and it would have been a dagger. Let's also say, oh yeah, had he hit that three pointer it might've broken the backs of the Celtics 
and we might not be talking about the finals right now. I, yeah, I, I, but I'll tell you, I what as crazy as this sounds, they went three minutes almost without scoring seemingly, or you know, than a couple, you know, a couple free throws. Uh, I what I, I really I thought the Celtics could still win that game. I I didn't feel like that would have been the killer. I don't know. I just was never really. I respected Miami a lot as a team, but it's funny. Was, no, no, no. I know what you're saying. You weren't worried that the Celtics would get it done. I thought the Celtics this, would get it done, and I thought I thought Tatum all through the playoffs he wanted to get out of it. You know, all through the I, playoffs, I've never felt comfortable when they had that lead. Mm-hmm. I was sitting there watching the game, going, "Please, mm-hmm. please, just be smart. Just be smart with mm-hmm. how you guys finish this." Like I never. Mm-hmm. I never feel comfortable. I'm always yeah. on pins and needles. I mean, that's what made the Milwaukee game so great. But I will tell you, when they blew blew Milwaukee out in game seven, I still never felt totally comfortable until there was six minutes left in the fourth. Because how many times have we seen Milwaukee charge back in that series? Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I also think that's the nature of the game, too. Like, I think that's where the NBA is. Or the officiating? I don't know. Well, yeah. yeah. There. I, I guess we we won, so we don't dwell on it. But game oh, but, six was but, a but sham. My friggin' timeline is filled with people talking about Mike Max Struess's foot on the uh, out of bounds line. I sideline. Look, can I? Let, can we just talk? Just talk big picture, and, and I'll, I want to get to the referees. But um, I don't really understand how the Celtics have made the finals for the first time since 2010. First time in a decade. There's a whole first time since I moved to Pennsylvania. Yeah, right. Um, First time since I told the Celtics that I'd like to to let Nick Gelso utilize the the Celtics uh, credentials that we had. Wonder what he ever did with those. Um, I know, amazing. (laughs) um, But you know, you look at where the the narrative or where the conversations going today it almost feels like it's all about Miami, what Miami did or didn't do what, you know, well, Jimmy Butler did or didn't do. Why didn't he, you know, Tim bond temps out here voting for Jimmy Butler for MVP. Like, am I crazy? Am I taking crazy pills here? Did the Celtics? Be the, so, uh, so here's the thing on that or not. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, so here's, here's, here's the thing on gross. that. Without, without Butler, that series isn't even close. Sure. I mean, so, so, but the but the issue with Tim Bontemps, and I did see your your Twitter post on that. The issue is, is you don't give the MVP to a losing team. You don't Especially give the MVP. Right. If it's close, like if everybody's just like five points, you know, like okay. But overall, Tatum had better numbers for the series. His team overall, won. yeah, because Butler had two huge stinkers. Yeah. And, but he and, had some really huge games too, huge, like, right? Yeah. But maybe his team isn't in a game seven if he shows up in those games. That's true. If he shows up and in those games, it's bitching, already over. It, it, it is coach bitching about Pritchard hurting him or some freaking nonsense. It's just it. I'm I'm good. You said it last series, and I'm going to say it here. I'm glad to be rid of the Miami Heat. And yeah, those guys. I, I just, I really dislike that franchise. See, Every that's so funny. I, I, no I'm thanks. more down on Milwaukee, like the way that they played the series, and the the only person that really got under my skin in this series was was PJ Tucker. Even though Bam 
Definitely through some shoulders. Oh, wow. I, you're right. I don't even know why. And Bam. How's it? Bam, Bam, Bam bothered me, but not really, not, not, a, not as much um, until the game six really is when that really started to irk me. Lowry's antics and, and the fact that the referees basically just, I have so many inappropriate sayings for how I want to put this that I'm just swallowing right now, but please everybody pull your heads out of Kyle, Kyle Lowry's ass. And I know it's been going on his entire career that they've uh, been falling for it, but like he's, he's more notable than fine. He's 32. He's at the top of his game. You guys are going to give him the star treatment, but enough is enough when he's 36 and outside of nailing a three, he's basically washed up. Please stop. Please stop. Like that's that was irritated. But but PJ Tucker is the one that got under my skin because I feel like he was the only one that made me think of the Milwaukee series where it was just like any kind of physicality goes for him. And then on the other end, it's the ticky tack stuff for the exact same, uh-huh. you know, moving screens, uh-huh. grabbing, hooking. Boxing out over the back, like uh-huh. not a foul at one end, definitely a foul at the other. That was driving me bananas. I thought, you know, game six is the only time Bam really started to get under my skin. And and, and I even said it to you, like, I'm surprised they weren't doing that. I think you and I might have chatted on Twitter. I'm surprised that they weren't that he wasn't throwing that elbow for since game one. I mean, because it worked for Milwaukee. I mean, it worked for Giannis. Like, why wasn't Bam throwing that shoulder and offensively charging until they called it against him? I mean, he's the strongest guy on the floor. He he, he was certainly setting moving screens from game one to game mm-hmm. seven. Um, and, but I'm talking about the offensive charge. Right. No, I understand. I understand. I, I guess my point is, is that he's, by allowing that to happen, he's he, – it's it's not that he benefits directly, but his whole team benefits, right? Jimmy right. gets more open, Hero gets more open, Lowry gets more open. And that was what was driving me crazy. That was what I couldn't stand is that this guy's going around throwing his shoulder into a guy, stepping into it at the last second, um, creating an absurd level of contact. Um, what was that game four? Uh no, it wasn't game four. I think it was game no, it was game five. It was game five. Yeah. Where I I went and recorded like three different instances where Tatum and Brown both got absolutely rocked by dirty late screens, moving screens by Bam out of bio, and then later on there was an even more egregious one that Derek White got caught up in, and I think he got called for one the whole series, one moving screen the whole time. I think I think Al Horford got called for three or four of them through the whole series. Yeah. I don't understand that. What about Grant Williams? Oh, like exactly. they're picking on Grant Williams. It's bad. And and, and so here's my PJ question. Tucker. So PJ Tucker yeah. can get away with it, but Grant Williams can't. Where Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, the same the same sort of stuff, you know. All Except, all postseason, and then they keep winning anyway. So here's the right. question. If they win the championship and these guys are this young and they win it, do we all of a sudden get this treatment? Because Milwaukee won it last year. Milwaukee, uh, Miami's won it. Like, is it because the players on the team have won a championship that they then get the, the treatment? 
like it's a rite of passage where once once you battle through it, once you're like, doesn't matter that you guys are not calling it in our favor and whatever, dot dot like once once we climb over that hill, regardless of your shenanigans, then we get the call. Is that what's gonna happen? Like, are we gonna come out next year and all of a sudden it's gonna be like the Patriots or the rest of the league hates the Celtics and we get away with everything and is that how this is going to go? Well, if it is, if, if, I, if, if we beat Golden State, if it is, I'm, I'm a little bit scared of that because we're about to go into a series with, against the franchise that's won the most titles since the last time we won one, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, yeah. and that's healthy again, fully healthy right? with all these high draft picks that they got when they sucked. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're, you know, I, they're the betting favorite right now. We'll, you know, we'll get to our ad reads soon, soon enough. But um, I don't think that that is something that uh, I don't think that that's something that's going to be taken lightly. I think the good thing though is this isn't a grifting team to the same degree. Draymond is going to do that. Um, you know, he's going to do that. He's going to he's going to grift. He's going to do. Do we have anybody thing. other than that? That we have to worry about in this series? To that degree, I don't think so. It, like what we've been through the last two. I mean, obviously, Brooklyn wasn't much of a much of a thing that way. But Milwaukee and Miami, Milwaukee more than Miami. You know, other than Draymond, is there anybody else on their team defensively that we have to worry about with that kind of bullying? Hooking, grabbing. I mean, is Wiggins going to do that when he's guarding Tatum? No. I don't think so. I think Clay. I mean, I think you know Steph will will do some of that. Certainly, he's you know he knew how to, he knows how to draw a foul and but but he's a jump shooter. You know, you're not going to have like the Kyle Lowry nonsense. You're not going to have the Jimmy Butler hoorah. You're not going to have the um, you know the weird stuff that Giannis would get away with. Um, I, th- I think there's going to be a different level of frustration. It's going to be a, how did that guy get open? Uh, how's that guy killing us tonight? Um, it, it's going to be, I think, a different series. And, you know, we, we both were talking about how glad we were to be rid of Milwaukee. Um, I'm glad to be rid of Miami, certainly. But but there's it's a different challenge, right? It's a different challenge, and this is gonna be tough because this team's full of shooters. It is, and and they're and they've someone had a cakewalk through the Western Conference. Yeah. Meanwhile, we spent the last fourteen games beating our brains out uh, trying to get through to this place. Thank God the schedule is is good for the Celtics. Uh, and it gives them three days before the start of game one, two, two days off between games. There's a lot of time for recuperation recovery. That's huge for, you know, trying to get guys like Rob Williams and Marcus Smart back to full health. But I think it's true for Al Horford's legs. I think it's true for Marcus, you know, for, for Jalen and Jason, who, uh, you know, they're young, um, but they're going to need that recuperation because it's been a slog. The Warriors have, have they basically once John Morant went out, they walked through that series. They pretty much, you know, had a, a, an easy time when it came to Dallas, and they've been sitting sitting out since Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday last week, right? 
Um, so it's, you know, they've had, they're going to have a week off, full week off to just chill. <laughs> uh, so let's get Monday, nice. Tuesday, Wednesday, but there's a travel day. There's two travel days in there. There's travel home and travel out West. Do you think they'll go out early and try to get used to the time zone and all that kind of stuff? Or do you think they just fly out on Wednesday and sleep in? And I think they'll wait. I mean, they, they have some media day responsibilities that they have to take care of in San Francisco before game one, the day before. So I don't. Oh, the day before. So they do have to be there. They have to be there. Yeah. Yeah. They, have to they be can't there. come in on Thursday morning and hit. No. Them. No, 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 they have to be the day before. But, you know, the, the other thing about that's kind of interesting is because it's a 9, a 9 p.m. start Eastern, that's a 6 p.m. start West, you know, uh, Pacific. So um, does that... You know, by the way, I get it during the week, but on the weekend, can you cut me some freaking slack? Yeah. There's no reason on a Sunday I should stay up until 12.30, 1 o'clock and go to work the next day when everybody out West isn't working. Like, yeah. can we please... Yeah. Can we please have a three o'clock West, six o'clock Eastern? I, I, I went and looked in the NBA app because I thought for sure. Yeah. Like on Sundays, you know, like yesterday, whatever, Seven. right? Yesterday, yeah. whatever with Memorial Day off. Yeah. But like, seriously, come on. If we've got a weekend game, come me some slack, bro. And Seven, no. 730, you know, I mean, just do something a little bit earlier. Because, you know, look, how many times and I, you know, what about the children, right? I mean, everyone says that, but like. How many kids? What about the children? Right. Celtics. So the last time the Celtics, and you and I know this because of the age of our kids. Right. Think of the children, John. Right. Oh, you're killing me. That's right. My kid. So my kid, my oldest, 15 year old, right? Like he's never watched the finals game with the Celtics ever. Right. Yeah. I don't. My kids are out of school. My kids are out of school by the time the finals start. Like they they finish last year. Not here. Yeah, so it's different. You I know. know in Maine it you rolls know. later. So yeah. But 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 here they're they're out. So they could technically watch the finals. But but you know what? Here's the thing. Even the Eastern Conference Finals, eight mm-hmm. eight thirty every yeah. single time. Even on eight, a weekend, really. Even eight thirty. Yeah, eight thirty. But really, eight forty five by the time you do the pump up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right? ESPN or ABC is doing I mean, their hoopla. That's the problem. Is that they have to have that little bit built in. You know, before the sh- like, if you started at eight thirty and there's a tip at eight eight thirty two, great, that's fine. You know, it's, it's the, still not fine. Still it's still go an eleven 10, fifteen minutes. Yeah, it, you're listen seven thirty eight o'clock eight o'clock. Give me eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. Then I'm in bed at eleven. I watched a little post game stuff, mm-hmm. chatted up. Oh, it was a great game, everybody. And <laughs> I'm in bed at eleven. No big deal, but. Mm-hmm. It's the midnight. It's a killer, dude. It's yeah, a killer. I agree. And I agree. and honestly, like there's teams on the East Coast, like both teams, Miami. I mean, they're Eastern time zone. Right. You're, you're telling me that the people out West can't handle a five o'clock start or just show up 30 minutes late. Nobody watches except for the fourth quarter anyway. Right. So everybody in the East Coast is like. Well, and I and the I fourth right. quarter. So like, why not just start the game a little earlier on the West Coast? No nobody's picking it up for a little bit and even finals, during the week. So the finals, I understand a little bit better, right? Cause you do have a Western team. You do have right. specific time zone. I, I get that, but yeah. a nine o'clock start is you don't even start Monday night football at nine o'clock. Like let's, let's be it's realistic about too. what we're talking about. And uh, 
Anyway, I mean, that's, that's maybe this is a get off my lawn. Listen to us. A couple of guys who just saw their team advance to the finals and all right, we've done is right. we got to stop. 25 <laughs> minutes of the show. <laughs> you know what? This is a perfect break for, for, for an ad read. Then we'll come back and we'll get our heads screwed on. Right. The thing is, is I'm, well, we'll, we'll, no, I'm going to leave the negativity in the background. That's right. The thing is, is I'm preparing myself for frustration once again. <laughs> I've been the most miserable old bastard this entire playoff run because I just keep waiting things for them to go bad. Every yeah. other championship that I followed, I was like a believer. Like even mm-hmm. back in the 2000 when the, when the Patriots won the Super Bowl and and like the whole snowball and everything, I was like, nah, I just ah, this is their year. And in 2008. Like once we started, I started covering the team and listening and feeling the vibe around there. And we were, I was like, this is happening. This is happening. And I just, there's something about the way that this team gets treated and all of the bad juju karma, whatever, going back several years since Isaiah lost his tooth. And it's like, I don't know, man, (laughs) I just, I want to be a believer, and I, I think it's just because I crossed the line of 40, and maybe that's why. But, like, I just sit there. Like, even game seven, I'm like, I don't really want to watch that closely because I'm having a really great Memorial Day. And if I watch closely oh, and I get really invested <laughs> and they lose, I'm, it's going to ruin my night. It's going to ruin It's going to ruin me. I'm going to, you know, and so, like, if I don't get invested, it's whatever. And then if they win, I'll be like, oh, that's so icing on the cake. You know, and, of course, by the second half, I'm fully invested and – you know, I'm like, oh, they're up. I have some breathing room. But then in the back of my mind, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then fourth quarter starts dwindling down and that lead starts dwindling. And what was it like an 11 one run or something? I mean, I'm like, oh, God, dude, please, please don't do this to me. I broke my own rule. Don't do this to me. All right. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news and sports developments including this year's basketball playoffs, major league baseball scores, who cares, fights, who cares, and even next season's NLF futures, who cares, basketball playoffs, folks. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and, of course, your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's really easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up today and use our promo code. You know it by now, but if you haven't taken action, Use it, CLNS50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and place a wager on the Celtics because I'm telling you, all of this madness on my end, it they're just fighting everything through against all odds. So do it. Bet against the odds. Take that 50% bonus, put it on the Celtics, and win you some money. Bet online where the game starts. You get it. Okay, so... I, 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 I know you're about to psychoanalyze me. I know what we're doing. No, no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cite well a little bit, but um <laughs> <laughs> but I mean okay, like uh I, I understand the, the frustration and the and the, the I don't want to get hurt again. Um <laughs> you know, uh, I get it. I, I I do. Um you know it's uh it's a tough it's a tough deal because like they are uh, absolutely, um, you know, in a spot where they could they could break our heart, right? But like, I'm going to take the other side of it because look, I was pretty down on these guys and this whole situation here this winter. I was, 
Yeah. And it was it was pretty frustrating, right? I mean, we were over and over and over again sitting here, you know, wondering when are they going to understand? When are they going to figure out that they have to? They got to find a different way to do this. And I, I've, I'm kind of the opposite of you on this, I think, because I've been. For me, I view this as all gravy, right? From the moment that Jason Tatum and figured out that he needed to play differently, not only for himself to be, to ascend as a player, but also for his team to go where they need to go. And of course, those two things, those two things are linked. Once that happened and Jalen bought in and everybody else bought in, and they started to buy into team concepts as a group. I've been in. I've been. Did I think they could win it all? No. But I no. But we talked about it early. Figured out they when they started going on that winning. That they have. This is what they have to do. They have yeah. to find a way to think collectively and not just think individually. And that change that occurred in in January. It emails urging probably from the beginning, but really buying in and consistently providing that effort from January on and being unrelenting about it too, by the way. Yeah. I mean, obviously yeah. we've had games that have gone the other way, but really there's been a consistent, constant trend line throughout. Um, these guys have really answered the bell for almost six straight months. And so I feel I am very positive about what these guys can do. I'm very optimistic and I'm letting myself feel the potential <laughs> of, 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 of getting hurt by that. But I also know it's gravy, right? It's still gravy. It's still more than we could have possibly expected yeah. eight months ago. So see, do I want to lose? Me? No, but do I feel like, <sighs> Hey, this is where we've built something to move from here. Absolutely. It's just now we got over the hump, right? This was the hump we couldn't get over for the last five years. Now they're over the hump. And now the question is, can they take this? And does this free them up? Now are they like, Holy cow. Now we can, we've done it. We've, we've crossed the bridge. We've, we've figured it out. And now they can play free and and not let the pressure of those situations kind of get to them as, as it had. I'm just very optimistic. And, and the bet online, you know, right now the Warriors are a the favorite. They're minus 148, Celtics are plus 128. Um, the Celtics are not the favorites going to the series. I feel good about the Celtics. I, I would, if I were a betting man, and I am not because I like money, I don't like losing it. <laughs> Even if I think really strongly about the Celtics, I don't like the chance I could lose it. Um, I feel really good about the Celtics' chances in this in this series. It's going to be a long series, but I feel good about their chances because we've just seen what they've done against the Golden State Warriors time and time again, going back to 2015, that these guys know how to play against those guys. I love it. I'm ready. Come on. Well I, I got to tell you, I, this is something that I felt like back in, what was it, 17, when they made that run in the postseason after, I mean, this this is what I've wanted. This is what's like, they kept fighting it, right? Like, they even wound up losing Al Horford and everything else. I kept fighting this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized they weren't a perfect team back then, and I realized they were a young team, but they were gritty. 
And they pulled together despite injuries, and they were one game away from going to the finals at that age in Tatum's rookie year, in his rookie year. So, yeah, they couldn't get over a hump and couldn't get over the hump, but they kept getting in their own way. I mean, I mean, I don't want to I don't want to totally point the finger at Danny, but if there's anything, you know, it was the waffling of just making the commitment to the young guys and putting the right veterans around them. Right. Because that's where we ran into all the problems. And so, like, yeah, I've been thinking that this is the team that this is a team that I wanted, you know, minus scary Terry. Even Marcus Smart, right when I lost faith that he could actually be a starting point guard, and I didn't think he would do it, then all of a sudden he's the defensive player of the year, you know, and goes out and, you know, all of a sudden can run an offense consistently. Hits his, I mean, he didn't hit his shots the other day, and there's still moments, but he's not the Marcus Smart that frustrated us the last many several years. He's playing smarter. They're buying into Ime, just like everybody has said. Like, Udoka's got him where they need to be believing in themselves and playing smart and sticking with it. Even when they get their heads down and they do have stretches where they still battle, you know, with that, um, you know what I'm really more worried about than anything is if they win this championship, does that go to their heads? And then we get another five year drought in the middle of their, you know, peak years because they win it once and they think, Oh yeah, you know, whatever. But, like that's a real concern. That's I don't think they'll yeah. do it, but it's a real concern. Okay, but look at it this way, right? Like 2008. We how many times have we talked about 2008 since 2008? <laughs> like endless, endless stream of like 2008, 2008, 14 years ago, 14 years ago, right? Their yeah. kids, their kids in high school who were born. After anything is possible. Well, if you remember, like my daughter was born. Yes. In the middle of the Eastern Conference Finals against Detroit. Yes. So she's one the of them. She's gone. Yeah. That's the only game I went to that whole playoff because you were at home being dad. And so I went to that single That's game. Right. And guess what? They lost. So I didn't go back. <laughs> <laughs> And they won when you were there. It works for me. It's good. I'm I'm cool with it. But man, that was magical. But what does and, that tell you though? Yeah. It's been 14 years. Right. Like, I think there's a whole group of kids, there's a whole group of people, adults out there. I mean, it's not 20. My son years. was only five. He doesn't remember it. Exactly. Right. My son was two. You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, my oldest. Um, you know, my youngest wasn't even born yet. I mean, this is like, this is a, a really, we're used to winning in New England, right? And Tom Brady had that second run of three championships and the Red Sox have kind of won every three, four, five years. And, you know, and the Celtics have been in it, but really since 2010, they haven't been the finals in 2008, 2008, obviously the last time they won. This is an opportunity. It's a golden opportunity against the golden state warriors. <laughs> um, oh God. But, sorry. That tells you how old we are people. We're making dad jokes. Unintentional. <laughs> you know, Father's day is coming. Um, but, <laughs> but no, but I mean, this is, this is, I think this is, um, 
is it does it have the magic of 2008? No, because that was worst to first. That was Kevin Garnett. That was okay. That was a whole bunch of things. But yeah. for the same reason you said it, and I, have had have said it for for years you've been talking about this for years this is the way that and Spolstra said it actually too it's great to see somebody do it the right way build from within draft guys right. develop them and, and and win with them and that's exactly what they've done and they so didn't trade it doesn't for have that this kind is, of sudden change that it's, the, did. it's the opposite but, of everything that started in this new area era with the Celtics big three. And yes, but, but it wasn't the free agency version, right? Danny kicked it all off by trading and getting two superstars to pair with Paul Pierce. But that really started that whole conversation of you need three stars Mm -hmm. and everybody else said, we don't know how to get three stars on a team unless they all conspire to take a pay cut and all band together in a certain area. So I still feel like there was that criticism that used to go around about that 2008 championship contender and how it came together. But I'm like, that, that, but that happened. That's still the right way. And if you think about how they rounded out that roster with Rondo and Perkins and, and Pierce was the guy who had been there the whole time. I mean, I realized when it, when it formed in Miami, you had Dwayne Wade who had always been there and then posh and, and LeBron come along but you don't trade for Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen without decent assets. Right. You don't trade for them unless you've paid your dues and built that up because you can only get one of them in a trade these days, right? You wouldn't have enough assets and, and you wouldn't be, you wouldn't have a star on your team already and get that far. It doesn't appear. So I still don't fault them for it, but they set off this whole thing that really screwed up you know, homegrown talent. I mean, Milwaukee, I guess, is probably the other closest scenario. And Giannis making that long-term commitment for them drafting him and then cultivating the team around him. But that's not a big three team. That's that's a team that they formed over time around their superstar. Um, What's great about this is even though Tatum's a superstar, you've got a number of young players who came up and one's a defensive player of the year. You know, two of them are all stars. One of them is going to be an MVP in the next two to three years, uh, if not sooner. That's obviously Tatum. And then you still got like the Grant Williams, who committed to an offseason workout. Peyton Pritchard, who sat on the bench after making some noise in his rookie year last season and then emerged. Um, the players, and, and even Al Horford, you can kind of say, was a guy that came here in free agency when they tried to form a big three that didn't work. And then they traded to get him back and spun out the guy that they brought in in free agency when they lost him to be able to bring him in. And then all of a sudden you have this veteran presence that these young guys need, who's also willing to take a back seat, but then don't forget they never get through the Milwaukee series. If how Horford doesn't go supernova when they needed him, everybody played a little part, Derek white, somebody who we were looking at during the regular season thinking, I'm just not sure this guy's going to fit in. I'm not sure he's going to end up meshing this season. I remember saying on one show somewhere along the line, I think Derek white is a good player and I think he's great insurance for Marcus smart, but I think it's going to take an off season and us coming back next year 
for him to really settle into that role and be a significant contributor. And then boom, he takes over a couple of games in one in Milwaukee series and one in this series. And I don't know. Takeover is the right word, but without him, they don't win um, because he's just knocking down shots. That big three pointer the other night was, was huge. I, these are things that, you know, guys stepping up at just the right time. That's the collective. That's how you put it all together. Um, who am I missing? Who else? Robert Williams oh, fighting. Yeah. could have been out, could have been completely out playing through pain. I, he, yeah. And that's, and that, um, what we have gotten from him has helped us to move ahead. Um, I'm not sure what we get from him moving forward. If we can get three games of, of good Robert Williams for the, out of these next seven, I would consider that a gift, you know? Um, I'm not really sure the pain and how, how you manage that and how you get it better and how rest makes it better. It's a meniscus repair and who knows what the hell, what that means in terms of the long run here. But he, he is such a game changer against teams that shoot the three ball well. And uh, particularly a, a team that's, that, you know, plays with Kevon Looney and, and Draymond at the same time and sometimes without, and they go a little bit bigger with, with Wiggins and, um, Belitsa or, or, um, others in kind of that four spot that's, that changes, you know, how the Celtics team competes. Um, I'm interested to see if they do use Tice in, in these first couple of games a little bit more. Um, I think he has more to offer this series and more of these playoffs. He has had a couple of good games. He's had a couple just because of, of all the movement. What's that? All the movement because of all the movement and the less less size. I mean, I know Draymond's got size, but he's all over the floor. He's still too. smaller he's than he's physically. I mean, yeah. shorter than than Tice. I think it's really well. And he out. doesn't and fit. And he's got the physical size, but he doesn't play like Bam. Right. And he doesn't play like Brooke Lopez right. or even or even. They don't Lopez have those guys. They. It's a question. It's it's about to me. It's about plus rebounding, right? Can you yeah. get the plus rebounding? minutes so that way you're playing one possession you know how fast is this pace going to be i think this is going to be some serious up and down the floor and but i don't think that plays into the celtics hands i so, think i think golden state if we're in transition too much it's yeah. a really bad sign for us so golden state so there's a couple of things i was looking up um as i was kind of like doing game ready for the but show. it will be probably the most entertaining series in terms of pace of play. It so they, be fun. they are seventh in creating turnovers uh, in the league. So while they can turn you over, they're not nearly where the Miami Heat were. However, their second. What was, play. hold on. What, what was the, so let's just put into context, Mill. Give me this. Yeah. When you give a stat where Golden State lands, tell me where Boston, Milwaukee, and Miami land on that same stat. Jesus, man, what, what do you think I am over here? It's just, I just figured uh, you were I'm looking at Kevin Kelton, for Christ's sake. I thought you I mean, were looking at turnovers per game. Come You're on. looking at the sheet, all the rankings. One I don't have, no, no, I have, I'm looking at my team. I'm not looking at my, on the rankings of everybody. I was just looking at, uh, but I, I can do that. I can, it's just going to take me a second, but I can, 
I'll give you, I'll give you everything you want, Justin. I will, I won't oh, let you be, God. I won't let you get, you know, kind of lost here. Um, all right. So hang on, hang on. Almost there. All right. So, so, but I was just talking about a couple different metrics, right? So the Celtics are uh, a, a number one in effective field goal defensive. So they're the best in stopping you getting your makes. They're number one. They're 11th in creating turnovers. They're 11th in defensive rebounding. Okay. All right. So they're 11th in creating turnovers, four spots behind Golden State. Right. Okay. Golden State's second in effective field goal percentage. So they're, they basically are doing the same thing Boston is, but they're better at turning other teams over and they're a better rebounding team. Okay. So now you talk about Miami. Miami was third in getting people turned over, 12th in effective field goal percentage. Wow. And ninth in rebounding. So, and again, remember, Golden State has a propensity for turning the ball over themselves. So, on their own kind of deal, they're next. How much to do last. they give up? Yeah, they're, right. They're next to last in in turnover uh, allowing. So that indicates this pace of play, like I'm talking about. They cough well, it up. Not really, because their pace is only 13th. They're middle of the pack. The Celtics, but they turn it over that much at middle of the pack. Yeah. And they used to be the ones that flew well, up and down the floor. It's a, it's a percentage. It's not, you know, based upon raw turnovers. It's, it's, it's percentage of, of possessions, possessions, right. The sellers are 24th in pace. So they want to go slow. Right. Um, you know, which is where Miami was. Miami wanted to do the same thing. They wanted to slow down, but like you said, they're turning the ball over at a higher rate. Um, or they're turning you over at a higher rate. And we didn't talk about Milwaukee because Milwaukee is the team that I think everyone's kind of figured, well, they were the better. T- but you're telling me Golden State's one of the worst teams in the league but for coughing up turnovers per possession? Yeah, they're the next to, next to their 29th. That's, that's where the Celtics, they don't have to work as hard if they can turn over Golden State. You know, the problem is, is Golden State, obviously the threes for twos situation is, is a problem. But so going back to Milwaukee, what does Golden State shoot beyond the arc? Do you know what percentage on the season? And they are, um, are they over the 40 percent as a team? They're second and three point rate, a temp rate. They are third in the league and uh, third in three pointers, eighth in percentage. And what's their percentage? Do you know? Does it say uh, it? 36.4. Oh. But that's as a team, you know. So they just gotta make sure Clay and they just gotta make sure Clay and Steph aren't shooting them. And if they are, that's right. super remember, difficult. And remember Clay missed a good part of the year too. So you're you're not, you know, that's that's not an accurate read. The yeah, Celtics great to are see league the average numbers. The Celtics are league average from three, they're 14th. Um, they were 14th in the league this year. Um, and again, as a tighter, if you have a tighter rotation, the better guys are, are shooting those, <laughs> right? So maybe you know it's a little bit better for both teams, or maybe juiced a little bit. Um, but I, to me, I think the, the the main thing, I think that 29th and turnover creation. Um, if the Celtics can can really try to get them out of their rhythm. They're going to, both teams are going to make it difficult to make shots, right? I mean, just look at their one and two in effective field goal percentage. They're the two best defensive teams in the league. Um, 
Rebounding wise, the Celtics are not quite as good, but they should be, you know, especially without Rob Williams. So they need to have a step up there. But the big outlier to me is just as we were just saying, is that is the turnovers. The Celtics turnover and they don't and they don't try to match Golden State with their own turnovers. Um, Celtics don't Celtics don't have home court advantage yet again. They're the best road team, almost to the disgust of their home fans, hometown yes. fans. They're the best road team in the playoffs by a large margin. I, I think. I think they. I think what I heard today, I had to go back and think about it, but I think they're seven and two on the road. And you look at the Miami series; they won three games on the road in that series. Uh-huh. Uh, they only won okay. one game at home. No, Miami won two games at home. Celtics, no, wait, Celtics. No, no, Celtics only won. Wait, hold on. Sorry, I got it flipped. Celtics won. Miami won two games in Boston. Game five, game six, and game what was it? Game three. four. But game three, right? Game three, game three, game six. Yes, and then of course game one. One three six. Celtics won two, four, five. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they had to win three games on the road, right? No, what? No, two. Nobody, they had nobody. to win two on the road because they lost two. No, because they didn't have home court advantage. Right. Right. Yeah, they had to win three on the road. Oh, three they lost the two at home. Celtics won three on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. They won. Wait, I, no, you kept looking no, at me no, funny, no. and I was like, No, no. Celtics won game three. I uh, won game four. They won game five. So four was at home. Yep. They won game five on the road. They won game seven on the road. And game two. Oh, two. Right. Right. Of course, I was jumping past the first. Two. I know. You keep looking at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, no, they won three on the road. It. Yeah. They no. won three on the road because they lost two at home. So they had to. They only won one at home. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yes. Yes. You're right. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Out of all the games in that Miami series, they only won one of them at home. They had to win three on the road. So back to the home court advantage. Now that we've got the Miami series, you can fact you can keep fact checking me because it sounds weird as shit. It sounds weird. I mean, I'm with you. It sounds weird as hell. But they did. They had to win three on the road. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. I got you. I got you. So that's insane. And so you know the home court advantage. Like they can't close it out in game six at home. So they go on the road and win it and they do it twice in a row. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Against Milwaukee, they had to win the last two, right? They won yeah. six and seven. They won right. six. And took right. Momentum. Right. Tatum with a big game in six. And then, right. And they couldn't close it in game six against Miami and then went on the road and won it. So it's bizarre. But it, so this is what I, this is the kind of the last topic for the show for me. Um, is that, is that going to bear out in this series? Like their ability to win on the road? Is, is there no such thing as home court advantage just because Celtics are kind of already, I mean, they've already proved it to themselves, right? That, that can't possibly be in their head. Right. I, yeah, I think, I think that's. Can they take game one on the road with that level of confidence with three days off? Do you think, I, I don't, you know, I, that was the thing about the Miami, the first game against Miami. That game one felt like it was there for them. Um, had they cleaned up themselves? Tell me if you heard this before. If they didn't turn the ball over so many damn times, they probably would have won game one. 
Uh, so, yeah. um, I think there's a chance they can steal game one. I thought Miami was slow and not quite ready to play. And then they had that monster third quarter. So I could see the Celtics stealing game one in Golden State, at Golden State because I think that they're going to end up – Golden State's been sitting at home for a week. And yeah. it could be rusty. It, it feels like it's just – that's like – that's too long. Right, you want you want rest, but too much rest. As Celtics fans, it's too long. Yeah, I mean, we don't want we didn't want to have we wanted to close this out in six, so there was a couple of more days of rest, for sure. Mm-hmm. But this team never plays well on too much rest because they lose their groove, and so this is probably a good thing. It's just enough rest for them to be healthy, and the Celtics, I mean, and. Good, you know, just good enough for them to be healthy, but not totally off their off their rhythm. Um, but you're right. I do feel like there's a little bit of punch. I also feel like when it when the road team wins game one, that that's not always a good. There's something I don't know why I believe this, but the the winning game one on the road, it's almost like then the home team wins game two, and then they take three on the road, even it up. It goes two two, and then they've kind of made their adjustments. There's something about that first one, first game, that that gives you a false sense of hope and lights the fire in the losing team. Now, I don't want, never, never want to have to feel like the Celtics got to win game two and then win two at home. You know, that's to go up three one, right? Like that's hard to do. So, however you get to two two is whatever. Um, then you've got a three-game series, right? And that's what they said every single time. Oh, we got a three-game series. But being the road team, that's, I mean, being not having home court advantage, that's a little rough because then you go on the road, and if you steal one, then, you know, typically that's two in a row. There's just something funny about it. I almost, I still feel like it's almost better to win game two than it is to win game one in some weird way. I feel like the game one win, for the road team is not a predictor well, for the series very often. And, and it series, should be, you in, would think it should be in this series. I would say the last series here against milk against Miami, particularly that shows um, <laughs> that, that that's um, that was that kind of, you do this, I do that thing. It, it really kind of amplifies that issue. Right. Yeah. Um, more so than, than any I can remember. Um, so yeah. You know, um, just I was kind of looking, pulling up some playoff stats, and there it's remarkable how close the Celtics and Golden State Warriors have been in terms of some of their raw numbers. But some things that kind of are, I thought were interesting: um, opponents' field goal percentage, the Celtics' uh, effective field goal percentage, forty-nine percent. They've allowed they've allowed only forty-nine percent. The Warriors have allowed fifty-two point two percent. Again, talking about who they're actually playing, um, I think impacts that a great deal. Um, the turnover percentage, Celtics and Warriors are back to back in terms of what they're turning the ball over. Um, so that's wow. really a good sign here in the in the playoffs. Um, Golden State has their own shooting fifty-seven effective field goal of fifty-seven point two. Celtics are fifty-three point six. So again. Golden State's had a little bit of a hotter run. Um, 
you know, in terms of what they've allowed things to do. So it, I, I think it's going to be a very close series. Uh, I, What's your prediction? Let's predict it, close it out, and we'll come back with another show here probably early in the series next weekend. Yeah. I, so so that would be probably after game two, right? So they'll be probably switch, switching. So I think it's it one. What game, game two is Saturday. Um, I was just going to bring up the schedule here. I'm pretty sure it is because game one's Thursday. Yeah, so let's day off, and one, then the next game is probably Tuesday. Trying to bring up the schedule now. Uh, so game one is on Thursday. Game four, excuse me, it's on Sunday. Yeah, game. Four, I'm sorry, game four is on. Jeez, uh, game two is game on. Two Sunday. is on Sunday the fifth, and it's an eight o'clock start. Hey, 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 look at it go, but still eight o'clock on a Sunday. I mean, come on. Nine o'clock on Thursday, <laughs> though. You got to give those West, which means 9 15, right. which means 1 a.m. Right. Such bull. It's annoying. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's Celtics and six. Um, huh. I, I, that's what I was going to say. I just think that they're not going to win it on the road this time. Right. I I think they're going to get one at home. Um, I think that they're going to get, I think they're going to get one of the first two. And then I think that it will be a dog fight in, in three and four. I think it'll be somewhat similar to what we saw in the, in the Miami series. I think it's going to be kind of like that counter puncher type thing. But um, as long as Tatum and Brown stay healthy, and Smart seems to be getting healthier. Uh, he looked a lot better in Game 7 than Game 6. If he can stay with Steph, I think they can make Jordan Poole punished. I think that kid is going to have a hard time. He's going to get his buckets, but they're going to pick on him badly. Um, and I think that you're going to see more Wiggins. I think you're going to see more bigger lineups, but it's going to be a lot on Clay to show what he can do. Uh, coming back and he's had his moments and, and I think he will have his moments where he lights it up, but I can't believe, but I, I, I just can't root against these guys. I can't believe that they're not going to get it done. I just, I, I think they're going to get it done too. I'm with you. They just, okay. they'll dig deep. So game six, I had Celtics at six too. Game six is on the 16th. It's a uh-huh. 9 PM start. While it still might be the 16th on the West Coast, there's a good chance that the way they run out the Game 6 advertisements that it could actually be June 17th before that one's in the books on the East Coast. And I think you know, John, June 17th was the exact same day of the last championship that you and I got to see. So... Pretty awesome. If nothing else, listen, everybody enjoy this ride. Like it does not happen often. We're we're blessed as New England fans to have so many good things. But for the Celtics to be in the finals and playing against really one of the the great teams in NBA history, these Warriors with Clay and Steph and Draymond, Kerr and and, and all that, it we really need to enjoy this experience and. Um, Let's hope that the Celtics that we've seen since January continue to be the Celtics we see in June. And, and the other thing I'd also mention 
whatever it's worth. Um, Mercury has been in retrograde <laughs> for the last little bit. It was mentioned, somebody said it, and, and that changes on June 3rd. And, you know, Jalen, obviously, that energy is about to shift stuff. Like, it's been a little bit of a rough time. They had went easy through the net series, and then something happened. I don't remember exactly when it started, but, like, anyway, that clears up after June 3rd. So let's hope that um, for whatever that means, and I'm not an astrology guy, but, you know, when someone says the energy is about to shift and then it does for a period of time, I listen to that stuff just a bit. So who knows? Maybe, you know, fingers crossed. Go sees, go sees. I, I, they're going to have a hard time with, with Jalen, with Jason Tatum. I, I really, you heard it here first. Mercury's in retrograde. The shift is happening. You're right though. Jalen's Jalen had a rough Miami series overall. Uh, did phenomenal in the Milwaukee series for multiple games, some some struggles, but overall had had some big games. Definitely ready to go off. This is the kind of team, and definitely out west. You know, this is the kind of team where where Jalen really gets to rock it. I think he's gonna. I think this is where he knifes through the defense without the hand getting in there and knocking the ball loose. Right. Um, I think uh, the Euro step. He's not going to be running into a big brick wall every single time that gets to offensive, I mean, defensively foul him when he's going up. I mean, and I'm going to say this, but we got to wrap. But that offensive foul at the end of game seven, with the elbow on Bam, was ludicrous. And to listen to Javi and everybody's like, oh, that's definitely an offense. Are you kidding me? That's where the elbow freaking goes when you do a jump shot, you idiots. Like, there's no offensive foul there. Let's he was tell. up in the air outside of the circle. His body went into Jalen Brown's. It's either a no call or, or it's a, a defensive foul. It's how many times did Giannis do that in the last round? I know. That same play. How many times? Like and ludicrous, dude. 5,000 times, it felt like. Uh, oh, so looking forward to complaining about the officials some more, but it's going um, to gonna happen. But Jalen... Just real quick, I think Jalen's going to have the matchup of chasing Clay around, and I think he's going to have to make Clay. That's I think that's where the series could be won or lost. Yeah. If Clay can get out and he loses Clay, we could pay the price. If he can punish Clay, we may win the championship. I think it could be that simple. So, all right. Heard here first. We'll come back and see how it all plays out. There'll be, a, pardon me, a couple of shows uh, throughout the postseason. Probably no postgame shows, though. But that's going to do it for this week's show. As a reminder, thank you for everybody to tuning in to Celtic Stuff Live. You can follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore Tweet Live. John is at CSL underscore Duke. I'm at CSL underscore Justin. Heartfelt thank you, as always, because I think I'm repeating this. <laughs> for tuning in and on behalf of the founder of CLNS media, Nick Gelso, my co-host, John Duke, I'm Justin pool. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of Celtic stuff live. We're going to the finals, baby. Woo! Oh, sees. <laughs>